Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi Rabbil alemin. Ve sallallahu ve barak. Alel aşrafil anbiya ve mursalin. Nebiyyina Muhammed. Ve ala alihi. Ve sahbihi. Ve selleme teslimi kathira. Amma ba'd. Elhamdülillah. After uh, last week's lesson was uh, postponed we resume where we left off from the text of Shah Sunnah of Baba Hari going through different explanations primarily though the explanation of Sheikh Salah Fawzan Sheikh Salah Fawzan Hafidahullah and we've reached the next part which is the discussion around Iman our Iman in relation to the Mizan, yani. And so thus, if we can have someone to read the Arabic. Uh, no, tfadul, Adam. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah, salatu salam ala Rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa ma'ala ma'ba'd. Al-Imam al-Barbahari rahimahullah ta'ala. Wa ghafar Allah lana wa al-Islamina wa al-Hadirin. والإيمان بالميزان يوم القيامة يوزن فيه الخير والشر له كفتان وله لسان الإنجليش صدر موسى To believe in the balance um, ميزان on the day of resurrection upon which good and evil be weighed it has two scales and a tongue no, two scales and a tongue. So Sheikh Salah Fawzan, Sheikh Salah Fawzan, he mentions that this is one of the Masail Aqeedah. This is, this is from the issues and the things that are discussed around Aqeedah and the Aqeedah of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Yani the belief in relation to the Mizan. Al Imam bin Lizan aladhi tuzan bihi al-a'mal al-ibad yom al-qiyamah. And so, from his Masail is the belief in relation to the Mizan, in which the actions of the servant are weighed on Al-Qiyamah. As Allah Ta'ala states, وَالْوَزْنُ يَوْمَ إِذِنِ الْحَقِّ فَمَنْ ثَقُلَتْ مَوَازِينُهُ فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْمُفْلِحُونَ وَمَنْ خَفَتْ مَوَازِينُهُ فَأُولَٰئِكَ الَّذِينَ خَسِرُوا عَنْفُسُهُمْ بِمَا كَانُوا بِآيَاتِنَا يَظْلِمُونَ And Allah Ta'ala, he states, and the wazanai, the scales, on that day, is the truth. And whoever's scale weighs heavy, then indeed, he'll be from amongst the successful. And whoever's scales are light, they are those, are there from amongst those that have been amongst, or they are from amongst those that have lost themselves, by way of their rejection and denial of our verses. And so, likewise, Allah Ta'ala mentions, خَسْرُوا أَنفُسَهُمْ فِي جَهَنَّمَ خَالِدُونَ That they've lost themselves and found themselves within Jahannam for eternity. And so, إِذَا ثَقَلَ مِيزَانَ الْحَسَنَاتِ So when it comes to the Mizan, 
of the hasanat. So if the person, Mizan, his clothes were heavy with good deeds, then the servant will be in an abode of happiness. And live a life of happiness. Whilst, if it is the opposite of that, and the sayyat, the evil deeds, are way down the scales. This is the reason, and this is the cause for the destruction of the abd. This is the cause, and this is the causation of the destruction of that servant. As Allah Ta'ala states, فَأَمَّا مَنْ ثَقُلَتْ مَوَازِينُهُ فَهُوَ فِي عِيشَةٍ رَاضِيَةٍ وَأَمَّا مَنْ خَفَّتْ مَوَازِينُهُ فَأُمُّهُ هَاوِيَةٍ وَمَا أَدْرَاكَ مَا هِيَ نَارُ الْحَامِيَةٍ Allah Ta'ala mentions, and as for the one whose scales are weighed heavy, and heavy by way of righteous deeds, then, he, is in a, he has an abode and a living of pleasure and happiness. And whoever's scales are light, are they light in terms of the good deeds? And that was put forth from good deeds. Then thus, he has the abode of the pit of hell, the hawiyah. And what will make you come to know what it is? That it is a burning fire. And the fire of destruction. And so this affair of the scales and the weighing up of the deeds of the servant, Barakallahu Fikum, Hadam in Adalillah. And this is from the Adal, this is from the justice of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Anahu yuwazin. بين حسناتهم وسيئاتهم بميزان يرونه and so from the justice of Allah Ta'ala upon the servants is that he'll weigh up the deeds of that servant whether they be the good deeds or the evil and weigh them upon the scales يعني weigh them upon scales that they see as well mentioned that they see the scales and so these are mizan mahsus this is the mizan which is mahsus it's something which is the person comes across and due to the fact that they see it they are well aware of it and each side of the scales Naam is what you find on one side are the hasanats and the other are the sayyat. And this is what we found, no doubt, I mentioned within the kitab and the sunnah. As opposed to what is upon the, or what the etikad of the Mu'tazila is where they Reject the the reality of the mizan. So the Mu'tazila, they reject the reality of the mizan, and they state that the mizan is a karma to adil, i.e., establishing justice. 
And that there is an actual, an actual mizan in a literal mizan. And this is where, based upon their madhab batin, their false interpretation and their false beliefs. Why? Because the etimat, that which they rely upon, the mu'tazila, that which they rely upon is, is the affair of the uqul. Their reliance is upon their intellect. Was ahlu sunnah, they rely upon the text, what is found within the text. And no doubt when it comes to the text, or when it comes to the rather the, the intellect, the intellect could be an akal which is salim, or it could be naqis. A person's intellect could be one which is sound, sound intellect. However, it could be naqis, it could be something which is indeficient. And if the person's intellect is deficient, then what will happen if the person relies upon that except that he will go astray. So thus the person must rely upon the text themselves. In relation to this affair of the Mizan likewise as well. And that the Mizan is haqiqi. As something which is that is the scales in reality. And the scales you find within them are those that weigh the good and those that weigh the evil. Thereafter as well, Sheikh Fawzani mentions the narration which is referred to as Hadith of Bitaqa. Hadith of Bitaqa. Where the man is brought forth Yom Al-Qiyamah for judgment. And there are 99 scrolls each scroll as far as the eye can see. And then it said to him, do you reject anything from these? Anything with there within, within the scrolls. Can it be said that those that wrote down your deeds are the hafidun, the katibun, those that wrote down your deeds, can it be said that they are individuals who have oppressed you? I do the fact that they've missed something from, the, from that which is written. And this man will say, La ya Rabb, no, O my Lord. Thereafter, they'll be said, Do you have an udr? Do you have an excuse? Do you have an excuse? I have that which you've been put forth from your deeds. And you say, La Yarab, no, my Lord. Thereafter, he will say to him, Rather, we have from you a hasana, something of good. For indeed, there is no zulm alayk al There's no misgrievances, there's no oppression that will occur to you today. And thus a pataka, a card is brought forth. Written upon it, Ashadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashadu anna Muhammad abduhu wa rasooluh. 
for your call and state it. Bring forth your scouts. And the man will say, what is this betaka in relation to these scrolls? How was this betaka, what is this cognitive to the rest of these scrolls? Thus it said to him, Innaka la tuzlam. Indeed you will not be oppressed. And thus, these scrolls are placed upon the scrolls. And the pataka is placed upon the scale likewise. And thus, the scales are weighed heavy by way of that part, by way of that card, that pataka. And so, this narration in of itself is a proof that there are two parts of the scales. One which says the good deeds, one which says the bad deeds. Uh, in terms of this narration here, <coughs> the parts of the scales that are weighing the good deeds, I weigh down that one, weigh that one card. And the part of the scales that weighed the bad was in relation to those scrolls. And so thus the person is brought forth and his deeds are brought forth by way of the good and the bad. This particular hadith as well, the hadith of Pataka, is also used and also mentioned by some of Ahlul Ilm, some of the scholars that hold the position in relation to the Tariq al-Salah, the one that leads us to Salah, يعني تحوانا أو تكاسلا so the one that leaves off the prayer due to uh, negligence, or the one that leaves off the prayer due to laziness, that the one that does this has not left the fall of Islam, and they will use this hadith as a proof. How do you think this hadith is a proof? How do they, what's the wajal istidlal, as they say? How does you the hadith, man, uh, what's the manner in which this hadith is used as a proof? Just the shahada alone was, out to, that was enough to outweigh the bad deeds. Now, and so that that indicates what, and or that will, that would indicate what possibly. We're saying it's just the shahada alone. What does that mean? Hidden of deeds. And so, if we were to say that this individual established a salah, then of course in this narration it would have meant that this individual would have had this to be put on the scales as well, the salah. But the narration doesn't mention anything other than that patata. And so, <clears throat> this is uh, something that is mentioned by some of Ahlul Ilm, and is quoted quite often. Um, for an example of that is from the speech of Ibn Qayyim, where he mentions this particular narration as a proof for that. Now, thereafter, Baba Hari, he mentions. Wallahu lisan. Wallahu lisan. And it has a tongue. Wallisan and Mizan Maruf in the Nas. Yisamun al-Kalb al-Mizan. The hearts of the 
of the scales. الذي يميل الذي يميل يمنى أو يسرى. The part of the scales which leads towards the right or the left. الذي تسوى تكفته. It's the part which holds up and equalizes each side of the scales, each part of the scales. And so this what we understand by way of the the, the a brief discussion on the etikad, a decreed in relation to the scales themselves. The creed of Ahlul Sunnah in relation to the scales. So, after that, <coughs> we have the next part. Now, Tafadul Hassan. والإيمان بإذاب القبر منكر والنكير نعم and the English تفضل نعم the punishment the grave منكر النكير and so thus with this we have the punishment the discussion around the punishment of the grave discussion around the punishment of the grave and the قبر itself is the manzila bayna dunya wal akhirah so the qabr is the abode between the dunya and the akhirah and it's referred to as the barzakh well barzakh is meaning linguistically is a hajiz bayna shay'in so it's placed between two two things. Naam, the barzakh. And as a complete divide between two things. And <clears throat> as for the barzakh, then it is the complete divide between the two abodes. And there's three abodes and the barzakh is the middle of the two. Or middle of the three yarns. So the first is the Dar al-Dunya. Right, this abode, the Dar al-Amal. So the abode of the actions. Then you have the Barzakh. Right, the abode between the Dar al-Dunya and the Akhirah. That's referring to the abode of the grave. Thereafter you have the Dar al-Kirar. Right, the Akhirah. And this is the abode which is eternal. When a person sees the recompense of which ever action they did in the dunya. And these are the abodes that the individual lives within. Each and every one of them. And the servant will live within them. Now here, where... Sheikh Wazan is referring to the fact that this is the the abode of the ibad, the servants, the ibad. Then he's not referring just to the ibad in the mu'minin, the believers. Rather, the ibad يعني, in the general sense. No doubt, Ahlul Iman, live in the dunya, 
We live in the dunya, the barzakh, the akhirah. Likewise, the people upon kufr or nifaq. So referring to the reference to the abd or the ibad is a reference to anyone that living within these abodes. Naam. And something that is a reference to all of them. Likewise as well, <clears throat> Sheikh Hosea mentions the ayah Hatta Zurtumul Muqabir until you visit your graves. This reference to the word of Ziyara or Zurtum, this reference to the word yani, the visit, is an indication <coughs> that the abode of the Barzakh the abode within the grave will be one which is in the temporary. Just like any ziyara. Any ziyara, any visit that you go to a place is not yani, long living or long lasting. It's, a, it's just the nature of a ziyara. It's the nature of a visit. And rather the opposite of that is al-iqama. Where you're a resident in a particular place. Rather, what we understand from this is the ziyara is one, or the the the, the qabr is an abode which is temporary until the individual, yani, travels and goes to the next abode, which will be the akhirah. Thereafter, we have the discussion around the adab. The punishment that may occur within the grave. A discussion around the punishment that may occur within the grave. And <coughs> we have some of the proofs for that. And from the proofs we mention <coughs> is the hadith of <coughs> the Messenger of Allah sallallahu which is found in Sahih Muslim. Hadith Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is found in Sahih Muslim. The hadith of Zayd ibn Thabit. When Nabi Alayhi Sallallahu Alaihi mentions, Lola, Allah tadafanu, ladautu Allah Azza wa Jal, an yusmi'akum min adhaab al-qabr al-ladhi asma'a. And so he mentions, so I tell them, that if it wasn't for the fact that you'd leave off, you'd leave off the burial of one another, and you'd leave off burying one another, I would supplicate to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I'll supplicate to Allah azza wa jal, for you to hear the punishment in the grave, the, uh, to hear the punishment in the grave that I hear. Naam, so this is the dua, or this was the statement of Nabi and they sought Islam. That he feared that if the people were to hear that punishment of the grave, that it would cause them to leave off burying one another. They, they wouldn't bury their dead. Because they are aware of what, what occurs in the grave. If they were to hear the punishment. And so, <clears throat> this is just one example of the adilla for the punishment in the grave and adilla in the sariha I clear proofs and clear evidences 
referring to that. Likewise as well, now, from the proofs as well, this is what is mutafakan alayhi by the Bukhari Muslim. When the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions ta'awudhu billah min arba' I seek refuge in Allah from four min adhabi jahannam min adhabi al-qabr wa min fitnati al-mahya wa al-mamat wa min fitnati al-masih al-dajjal And so thus the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he mentioned seek refuge in Allah from four from the punishment of the grave or from the punishment of Jahannam rather. From the punishment of the grave. From the tribulations of life and death. And from the tribulation of the Masih Dajjal. This was the... Yeah, this was the... Da'wah or the, the dua. And the instruction of the Prophet Sallallahu So he mentioned again, Sarihan. Clearly, the affair of the Adab al Qabr, the punishment of the grave. And Shaykh Ubaid, he mentions that the Adab al Qabr, when it comes to the punishment of the grave, there's ahwal, there's of different types. The first of them is the hal al kafir al munafiq. It's the hal, or the scenario that the kafir. Or the condition of the kafir or the monafiq. Yani nifak itikadiyan. Fa'adabuhu sarmadi. His adab, his punishment is eternal. So the adab of the kafir or the adab of the monafiq is eternal. And his adab, his punishment is combined between two. The punishment of the grave and the punishment in the akhirah. The punishment of the grave and the punishment of the akhirah. So that's for the hal of the kafir. He'll be punished in the grave and then in jahannam. Or the munafiq likewise. That's the first. The second, barakallahu fikum. Is a hal or al mu'minin. Is the condition of those who are disobedient from amongst the believers. So the hal or usa'il. Naam. Wa ha'ulai adabuhum kod yastamir ila yawm al As for these individuals, it's a, poss- it's, poss- it's a possibility that their adab that their punishment will continue to Yom Al-Qiyamah. Then he meets Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Tahiran. Then he meets Allah whilst he has, is in a state of purity. And so thus, what we understand from that hal of the believer, was that a punishment in the grave was a means of purification for him. Yani purify him of the ma'asi that he was upon. 
and that he died upon. So the punishment in the grave purified him from the sins that he died upon. And then it ends. The answer to his punishment ends. And the Shaykh mentions, And it ends due to a reason from amongst the, the means and the reasons. From these reasons that his punishment could end is the dua. And his punishment comes to end because of the, because of the dua. Or that the punishment has reached its progressive end. Likewise, from the hal of the believer as well, Sheikh mentions, "Qad yajma Allah lil mu'min al asi bain adabain adab al qabr wa adab al akhira fi nar yom al qiyamah." And it's possible that Allah Taala combines between the two when it comes to the punishment of the believer. So he's punished in the grave. And thus thereafter, punishing the hereafter. And punishing the fire. Yawm al-Qiyamah. However, as for the second individual, it's not eternal. Now, so as for this individual that is punished in the grave and then punishing the Akhirah, his punishment in the Akhirah is not eternal. For indeed, Allah Ta'ala we were moving from him, moving from it, moving from the fire. Imma birahmatihi duna shifa'a. So, either due to the fact, or, from, or by way of his rahmah, by way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy, na'am, without intercession. Or, Oh, by way of an intercession that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given permission, has permitted to intercede for. And so thus, this is what we understand from the affair of the, yeah, and the punishment of the grave. There's two, there's two types of individuals that will be punished within the grave. وَقَوْلَهُ يُثَبِّتُ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Then this is we understand from the hadith of Bara' ibn Azim. Hadith of Bara' ibn Azim and the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam قال يثبت الله الذين آمنوا بقول الثابت. This ayah in Surah Al-Ibrahim that Allah Ta'ala will make those firm who believe with an upright and firm statement. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentioned نزلت في أذاب القبر that this was revealed in relation to the punishment of the grave. 
فليقال له من ربك and he said to him who is your lord فليقول الرب الله والنبي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم say my lord is Allah my prophet is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and so this ayah is in relation to this particular affair as I mentioned within this hadith which is found in Bukhari and Muslim and so we understand from this this affair of the punishment of the grave and that is thabit the ayat mention it the hadith mention it and Jacob goes on to mention as well that the Mu'tazila and the Jahmiya so the Mu'tazila and the Jahmiya they reject the punishment of the grave. They reject the punishment of the grave due to the fact that they reject the ahadith ahad. The ahadith and ahad when it comes to the affair of akhidah. And so, quite simply, we to understand ahadith ahad is of many different types. But it is a narration, a rewire, that is opposite to, or is not a hadith mutawatir. Yani. Hadith mutawatir, a narration that is mutawatir, is a narration that has so many narrators at every level of its rewire, at every level of the narration. That is stated that the number is so much that it's impossible they could have come together and conspired to lie and fabricate the narration. This is the Mutawatir. The narration is so much at each, each person. And so, as for a narration which is Ahad, a narration which is Ahad, then this is anything other than that, where the numbers are less. And so, even though the numbers are less, are the individuals, the narrators, this doesn't mean now, as is claimed by the Mu'tazila, that the narration is rejected. Rather, if it's the case that we cannot just accept the narration due to just the, the, plen the, the, the plethora of narrators, a large amount of narrators, if it's the case that we cannot just do that, then all we do, what is upon us, is investigation, al-bahf. Investigation in terms of the narration, narration, uh, narration itself. Does that make sense, Ikhwan? So hence, this is where you have Musallah Hadith, and the science of Hadith. I have the discussion and the investigation around the Ahadith, and in the invest investigation around the narrators. Naam. And it's essentially regarding, revolving around Ahad. But it's not something which is rejected in totality. A proof against that, and there are many, 
Uh, and we'll mention it in more detail because it's mentioned later on in the book. Because it's from the Itikar of Ahlul Sunnah. From the Creed of Ahlul Sunnah to Al Jama'ah that we accept a hadith ahad. And so we'll discuss it further, inshallah. But from the proofs that we'll mention is the hadith. And Bel, it was a hadith we mentioned in the fiqh lesson last week. And it shows, it's just an indication as well of the tremendous nature of this hadith. That this hadith carries so many benefits. Whether it be benefits in terms of fiqh or benefits in aqidah as well. It's a hadith of uh, Ibn Abbas when Mu'adh al Jabal was sent to Yemen. Um, in the Kadati Qawm Ahl Kitab. Indeed, you're going to the people of the book. So in the first thing you call it to the Shahada of La ilaha illallah. This hadith. This hadith is a proof that you accept Khabra Ahad is accepted in Aqidah. Now, in terms of Aqidah, and it's accepted in everything, and Aqidah is no different, essentially. What is the Wajjal Istidlal here? Why is this used as a proof, this hadith? You said one man to Yemen? Convey to Yemen. Essentially, first of Tawheed. He sent one individual to convey the affair of Tawheed, Aqidah, to the people. And so it cannot, now, it cannot now be said after that, that when it comes to Aqidah, you have to have all of these people narrating it before it can be accepted. Why? Because the Prophet Sallallahu sent one individual to convey it. Not only sent one individual to convey it, but one individual to convey it with the expectation that what? That it will be accepted. Naam. For thereafter, he mentioned, and if they obey you in that, then inform them about the five prayers. So the expectation had be accepted. Not that he just sent him to, to inform them. Rather, he sent one individual to inform them with the expectation that this, that this call and this da'a this da will be accepted. So this claim of the Mu'tazila that they do not accept the Qabr or the Qabr Ahad cannot be accepted in affairs of it, or in affairs of Itikad or affairs of Creed this is يعني, باطل, and is rejected and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best and Sheikh Ubaid he mentions in relation to them rejecting the, the, the punishment of the grave in relation to them rejecting the punishment of the grave so it's this, this, this particular bid'ah of rejection of the punishment of the grave, it became widespread amongst the Mu'tazila, this, this is where it first reared its head. But it's something which was prevalent even until to the day that we live in now. Amongst who? Do anyone know? Hizbut Tahrir. Naam, Hizbut Tahrir. Essentially, their da'wah was a da'wah based upon rulership and they had the effects of the khawarij, no doubt. But within the khutf, within the evil and the filth of their da'wah and the filth of their etiqad was their rejection of the punishment of the grave as well. So what you find, and this is something that you, you find amongst yani, the people of innovation as time goes on, is that you generally won't find that the, these people are upon one innovation, my friend. That he's, he's just Khariji. Maybe Khariji, 
but they will take pieces of the Sufiya, my fella. And they take parts from these other groups. Why? Because when it comes to Ahlul Bid'ah, generally speaking, there's a lack of Tamiz. They do not distinct them, they distinguish themselves in the same way that Ahlul Sunnah distinguishes themselves. And so the manner in which Ahlul Sunnah distinguish themselves and separate from all the other groups, not only is it a protection for the individuals, yani the afraad, but it's the protection of the etikad itself and the protection of the sunnah in of itself. Why? Because when you do not allow other individuals to enter within your ranks, you do not allow them to enter into the ranks with their etikad and fasir. Now, you don't allow them to enter into the ranks with their false creed as well. So, example of that, as we mentioned, is Hizbut uh, Tahrir. To this day, where they will reject the punishment of the grave. Al-Qulin Sheikh Rubayt, he mentions yeah, the two important points in relation to the punishment of the grave. He mentions first and foremost that the punishment of the, this, this, uh, this affair of the punishment of the grave and the narrations surrounding the punishment of the grave and that Laysat Ahadan that they're not Ahad anyway. Naam, why? It goes on to mention Bel that they are large in number in terms of the meaning. We understand from this Barakallah people is that generally when we say that a hadith mutawatir is where, as we said earlier, that there's every, every part of the narration or every part of the change, should we say, there's large amounts of people that narrated it. Where it's impossible to say that all these people have come together and conspired of all these years. However, as well, you have Tawatur Naam in its meaning, where you have so many narrations and so many people have narrated about one particular affair or one particular meaning. And the punishment of the grave is one of those. And we just mentioned someone, we just mentioned one or two of, or maybe three narrations in relation to the punishment of the grave itself. And so thus, when they reject it, and they reject it upon the basis that we don't accept narrations or, or ahad narrations in the Aqidah, first and foremost we say that's batil anyway. And the basis of that is batil. And that principle is batil. It's falsehood. And going back to what we mentioned يعني, towards the beginning, when we were discussing kawaid and the false principles, that it's important to understand that people do not lay down false principles except that the intent is for it to be, to be implemented somewhere. So this false principle about the, the, the rejection of these narrations, that false principle is laid down for it to be implemented. And they sought to implement it and attempt to implement it in relation to rejecting the punishment of the grave. So, that's the first thing. That is the punishment of the grave is not is not ahad anyway. It's mutawatir in its meaning. The second thing mentioned by Sheikh Ubaid, Rahimahullah, is ijma ahlu sunnah ala wukur fitna to the qabr wa na'imu wa adabu. And so, you have the ijma 
you know, the consensus of Ahlul Sunnati wal Jama'ah that the fitna to cover the fitna of the grave will occur. All the blessings there within will occur, or the punishment there within will occur. As for those that receive pleasure or blessing within the grave, this is the Haq Ahlul Iman. This is from the rights, and this is from what Ahlul Iman, the people of Iman, may receive. As for the punishment of the grave, as we mentioned, is what may befall the people of Kufr, Nifaq, and the people of Iman if they are from yani, the disobedient. Allah Ta'ala knows best. So these are the two main points that I mentioned by Sheikh Obeid in response to that, and to the claim of the Mu'tazila. Now the clear Jayd. Thereafter, thereafter, Baba Hari mentions wa munkar wa nakir. He mentions munkar wa nakir. Yani the two names, the two names of the angels that will come to the individual in the grave. And is mentioned within either narration. And Allah Ta'ala knows best. Now, thereafter we'll mention, we'll discuss our last topic of this evening, uh, which is the whole. The topic of the whole. Fadl Yasin. So, what is mentioned here <coughs> from the Usul of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah, the Usul, the foundation of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah, is the belief in relation to the whole, the pool. And that the Messenger of Allah has a hold, has a pool. And so every prophet amongst the prophets will possess this pool, possess a pool for themselves. And here it mentions the reason for that pool, Yom al because the people will be afflicted with Yani severe first. They're in need of water. And so thus this pool is a means of 
relief for the people. Like the pool of each of the prophets leans of relief. And the pool of our Prophet Muhammad sallam is the greatest of them. And that its length and width is referred to as a shahr. I one month. I traversing for one month. I saw it's as far as it can be seen. So its length is as far as if you was to travel or to ride for one month. And its width, the length as if you was to ride for one month. Now and the water found within it, within the hold, a shed the bayadan in the leban. And that the water found within it is whiter than the milk. And so its taste is sweeter. Its taste is sweeter than honey. And the utensils used to drink from it are a number of the Nujuma Sama are from the stars found there within the sky. And so here this mentioning of the the hold from the one of the narrations in relation to it is the narration pertaining to the individuals that come to the hold, that come to the pool. And the Messenger of Allah وسلم, will see them and recognize them as his ummah. I recognize him as, recognize them as <coughs> his ummah. Thereafter, they'll be drawn away and plucked away from that, from the pool. And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam will state, Ashabi, Ashabi, I am my people, my ummah. Thus it will be said to him, thereafter, in the kalah tajri, in the kalah ta'alam, ma ahdathu min ba'di. They did you do not know what they invented after you. You do not know what they invented after you. And so they were rejected and they were they were pulled away from it. As is mentioned in the Kalatadri, Ma Ahdathubada. Did you not know that which they invented after you? Hence why Shaykh Fawzan mentions that the Murtadun are those individuals that left Islam in the after the death of the Nabi Wasallam. They will be from amongst those that are pulled away. Or those that denied his message alayhi salatu wasalam. And likewise, Allahu A'lam, those from amongst Ahlul Bid'ah. Those from amongst the people of innovation. They pulled away. Some Ahlul Musa mentioned 
that this narration here is a proof for the principle. The proof for the principle that a jarh mufassar muqaddam ala ta'deel mubham that the detailed criticism is a proof or detailed criticism takes precedence rather over the general praise. If we did the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam recognize them as his ummah. Naam. He recognized them as his ummah. By way of his mention, ashabi, ashabi. So his recognition of that, no doubt, is a praise of them. The Prophet has something recognizing that from them. However, he was not aware of that which they were upon by way of their batil. And by way of their leaving off the guidance that he came with, alayhi salatu wasalam. And so thus, that additional information was something he was unaware of. But take, took precedence. Hence them being rejected and turned, and turned away from the whole, from the, from the pool. Finally, Sheikh Fawzan, he mentioned, The wording, وَلِكُلِ النَّبِيِّ حَوْدْ إِلَّا صَالِحًا Every prophet will have a pool except for Salih. Shaykh Fawzan mentioned briefly here, هَذَا الْإِسْتِفْنَا لَمْ يُثْبَتْ فِي مَا أَعْلَمْ So this يعني, uh, exception, uh, the exception of Salih, is not something which is affirmed. It's not something which is affirmed to be correct Allah and Allah Ta'ala knows best and that which is the sawab that which is correct is that every prophet will have a pool as is mentioned within the hadith Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best and we'll conclude here upon this point and inshallah ta'ala uh, continue on to our next point, next lesson. Allah Ta'ala A'lam, Jazakum Allah Khaira, Wa Barakallahu Fikum, Wa Sallallahu Wa Barak Ala Nabiyina Muhammad, Wa Ala Alihi Wa Sahbihi Wa Sallam, Wa Akhir Da'wanan, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alam.